0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Here's Galchenyuk dancing in and scores! And now it's Gallagher! Alex Delchenyuk up with a drop. It. He's in the long, waiting. Go!
0: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your host
1: Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 187 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at chrisg1980 for this Saturday, November 26th, 2016, episode 187, as I mentioned of. the Habs 360 podcast. Canadians, since our last episode, they played three games. They started off last Saturday when the Canadians beat the Maple Leafs by a score of 2-1. to And is it a surprise that the Canadians beat the Maple Leafs? We shouldn't be. It's the 12th consecutive win for the Canadians against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Then on, obviously, do I need to mention that it was all regular season games? No, probably not. then on Tuesday night, Canadians they lost four to three to the Ottawa Senators at the Bell Center, and then on the Thursday night, the Canadians were two one winners over the Carolina hurricanes. What does that mean for the Canadians when it comes to the standings? Well, we're still first place so so that's that's pretty good, the first place in uh, the uh, in their division. They're pretty much first place across the board when it comes to the standing. So first place overall in the league, uh, they they have 1.8 over the New York Rangers for first place overall, and the Kings do have open game in hand over the uh, New York Rangers. Today's question of the day: We actually have two of them. First one starts with the expansion draft. So earlier this week, TSN they uh, they aired on their network. The projected expansion plan. The players that the Canadians they expect them to protect uh, prior to the draft, uh, when the Las Vegas go sorry the Vegas Golden Knights start picking players. We've been tweeting out the uh, the list on our on the Habs360 Twitter account, and it's been posted on the Apps Facebook page. So let us know what do you think of that list. Would you make any changes on that list, or would you leave it exactly the same? And as well, we also posted a poll question on the Habs360 Twitter account. The Canadians are starting a 5 g road trip. How many points do you expect them to get during the trip? Well, the options are 0 to 2 points, 3 to 5, 6 to 8, or a 9 and 10 points. So we'll be looking at the results of that later on today's episode. And you can comment anything related to Montreal Canadiens via Twitter at Habs360 or on the All Habs Facebook page. And we'll also be opening up the phone lines in our third segment. Join me now, back in the Habs 360 studio, after being a couple of weeks on the road, is Editor-in-Chief and owner of the All Habs Network of sites, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing?
2: I'm happy to be with you, and and as you said, in the studio today, after a couple of weeks on the road, following the um, ice caps around.
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, what you saw in the third segment of uh, today's uh, episode. And a reminder, you can follow Rick on Twitter at uh, AllHabs.
0: And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Habs 360.
1: Well, our winners and our losers of the week. This is, as you all know, our most popular segment, not only... Perhaps 360, but for any podcast that you can find. And well, uh, Rick, it was okay. Um, it was a positive week, I think, for the Canadians. They won two out of three games, so we'll, we'll say it's positive. So why do we get started with the winners and let go first.
2: Sure, we can do that. Um, it, it it was uh, relatively positive. Um, Again, the Canadians seem to be relying on um, uh, less than a handful of players. Uh, Carey Price um, was good um, and needed to be good um, uh, as they um, uh, recorded their 15th win this season. And as you said, they're, they're still a the, the league. Um, we have to uh, be a little bit concerned in that that uh they had a, a very home heavy schedule in november it's going to change as you mentioned they're headed out on the road and they're going to need uh their road warriors to uh, stand up for them one of those is one of those people is going to be carry price um but i think the the other one um and Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's had a, a bad game this season, and that is Shea Weber. So, Shea Weber is going, for me, is going to be my um, winner of the week. Um, and remember when this was, you know, the, the, the trade was mildly controversial or, or maybe majorly controversial uh, for several months. There was a whole controversy in August that Shea Weber had not yet set foot in Montreal. And and people were going a bit crazy about that. Um, he he doesn't provide quotable quotes after uh, after the games. Um, business. Um, you know, he's even been asked why he doesn't smile more. Um, but all Shea Weber does is play hockey. Play hockey at an extremely high level, and has been um, you know the, the 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 player who has certainly. Uh, the the skater who the Canadians have relied on every single game this season. Uh, we know about his, his offense. We've talked about it uh, a number of times. He's just behind Galchenyuk second on the team, 17 points, eight goals, seven of those goals on the power play, um, 10 power play points. He's, he's uh, got three game winners in there. Um, and he's playing uh, about 26 minutes a night. Um, now, in in addition, he is, uh, he, you know, we heard about how hard he is to play against. Uh, Jonathan Taves mentioned, um, you know, just how glad he was to see him out of the West. Um, but we can actually quantify that. And um, if you look at goals against per 60, um, you know, Thomas Pekanitz is, leads the Canadians amongst uh, forwards in that category. Um, with a a 1.33 goals against per 60. Shea Weber is half that 0.64 goals against per 60 minutes. That leads uh, the NHL uh, amongst defensemen who played at least 10 games uh, and, and leads it far. He leads the NHL far and away. He's just very tough to play against um hit when he's on the ice the canadians aren't giving up goals we saw that even in that 10 goal um game against the uh, columbus blue jackets uh, the blowout um and and with alexei emelin has just uh, they've been an absolute uh, force uh, to shut down the opposition um i i i, I can't I can't say enough good things about him. He just plays, um, you know, uh, elite level hockey, one of the top three defensemen in the league, in my books. And he's having a sensational season um, and uh, is making Mark Bergervan look pretty good right now for that trade he made uh, at the end of June. Weber
1: feeds it up to Brendan Gallagher on the wing can't
3: get
1: to it. Put up at the line. Mark up for Weber goals. And that was Shea Weber who scored on a, during through the night game against the Ottawa Senators. And like you mentioned, Rick, there's not much more you could say about Shea Weber. And the Canadians are fifth in the power play so far this season. And you know the main reason is uh, is Shea Weber, the the, the threat. That slap shot, that slap shot. It, we all know it's coming. We're all expecting it, especially during the power play. But it still works. It's he fires it, and well, if it's in the net, there's a good chance that it's uh, that it's going in the net to uh, for the Canadians. And I agree with you as well. I think right now, if the season ended, and we're looking at potential uh, Norris Trophy candidates, uh, Shea Weber. Will definitely be in that list and there's a very good chance that right now he would win it as the best defenseman in the league because he's been very, very dominant from uh, from A to Z. So I think that's a very good choice for this week's uh, winner uh, of the week. I'm going to move on now to my winner of the week and it's also an acquisition that was done by Mark Brezger during the offseason.
4: Across for Galchenyuk, flipped it up ahead, and it's Radulov that
1: brings it in, drags it around, Hoffman, goes to the goal, goal, And there it is, Alex Radulov. What a beautiful goal he scored on the Tuesday night against the Ottawa Senators. We heard the voice of John Bartlett from Rogers Sports, who, by the way, was, was our guest last week, if you missed it. Go to net or go to iTunes, search at 360 and you'll be able to download uh, the entire episode. So that was his fourth goal of the season. And like I mentioned, he went around all the defense on that goal, and he went straight in the net. And he played 20-plus minutes in the game against the auto-senators. And for a forward, when you hit the 20-minute mark, that's a lot of ice time for a forward and if you go back in his first game back which was last Saturday after missing a couple of games with the flu he got 2 assists against the Toronto Maple Leafs and let's hear what the coach had to say following that game on uh, Rajlov.
3: let's he loves the game he, he comes to work um, you're looking during practice he's intense he loves practice he loves playing the game he loves meetings and uh, I'm telling you, and uh, uh, he's, he's, he's got so much passion. And his passion, he brings that to his teammates.
1: So the Canadians were 0-2 uh, with Adam when he was out with the flu. They've been 2-1 uh, since. He's gotten 17 points in 19 games. So if you prorate that to an entire season, that's about an 80-point season for Alex Radloff. So a pretty good signing. Even though on July 1st we had doubts when the announcement was made in Alex Radulov and all the past, all the baggage that he had, uh, that, that he brings with him, at least that we thought he brought with him. But now it's hard to manage if you look at the roster and you, we saw the roster without Alex Radulov in it, and well, it didn't look, it, it didn't look good without uh, Radulov in there. He's he's a point getter. He's a fine favorite, and Rick, I think he is that because he's very energetic and and he works hard. You could see that, like uh, the coach said in the clip that we played, he he it seems like he loves playing the game and being in Montreal. Yeah,
2: I I agree. I I think he he um, there was a you know a, a very different looking team when uh, he was with the line for the games um, and. And he he does energize uh, you know the, his his line, but also the the entire uh, all the skaters uh, when he's out there just because of his passion for the game. Uh, as Coach Terry said, the the passion on the ice, the passion for practice, and, and you know we both like uh, we're committed to the Habs 360 podcast, but I I don't even like the the Habs 360 meetings. Uh, but the coach said (laughs) Radulov, Radulov loves the meetings. And he got a a bit of a chuckle from the, the media, um, when he said that, um, Radulov's just having a a great time right now. and, And not only that, but, but being very productive. And I, I guess, you know, when you, when you think back to his previous stint in the, the, uh, NHL, there's a stark difference there, but it shouldn't come as a surprise to those who have been following him more recently in the KHL, because he was this kind of player in the KHL too. Uh, you know, um, productive and and a leader uh, on, on and off the ice. Uh, so, uh, great pickup for uh, Mark Bergevin, and uh, and now the 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 topic turns to um, you know once the the clock turns. Or once the calendar turns to January 1st, uh, when will Rajilov be um, extended, if he will be extended? And I think there's a good chance that both he wants to stay in Montreal and the Canadians want to keep.
1: Yeah, and uh, earlier this week, Radulov's agent told uh, the La Presse that you know they want the relationship to uh, to, to, to to last longer between Rajilov and the Montreal Canadiens. At the pace that Radulov is playing, I will definitely keep him in in the, in the on the roster. But that all depends, obviously, at uh, what's the term, what's the price, what's the the length of the the contract. Rick, I believe that um, that Radulov does like it here in Montreal. But I think the agent is just saying the right things. And if a better offer comes from another team on uh, on July first. That Rodolfo, well, he's gonna he's gonna go away where and go after that money, and I don't blame my I'd probably do the same thing.
2: Yeah, of course, he's this is his uh, audition, his second audition for the NHL, and uh, he's he's he wants to stay in the NHL. He wants a substantial contract. He wants something with term, and um, you know, if except from the the Canadians, he's he's uh, as as the agent says, and and you're right, he's being a bit Politically correct, there, but he'll stay. Uh, it's kind of a, a comfortable uh, position for him, particularly as he fits in with the ice. Uh, Alexei you know, Markov, Alex uh, uh, uh Sergeyev was part of that group when he was up. So I, 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 it's a really good situation for him, and uh, and it, it, he's making the best of it.
1: Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Like Rick mentioned, January first is the first day that uh, a contract could be signed between Radulov and the Montreal Canadiens. All right, every week we must name uh, some losers, so we're going to do that again this week, and Rick, I'll give you the honour of uh, going first when it comes to our losers of the Week.
2: I'm going to stick on the, uh, with the defensive uh, side of the team. Um, we, we talked about how how well uh, Shea Weber and Alexei Emelin have played in the top four with with Markov and Petrie too. Where the problems have come is on the bottom half, or the third of, of uh, the 5-6 pairing on defense. Uh, might seem a little unfair to um, add Nathan Beaulieu um, by himself to the loser week, given that he's he's injured. So we're going to give him company and add, uh, you know, all the, the bottom pairing defensemen. Greg Patterson, Joel Hanley. Um, we'll leave Mark Barbario off the list uh, for now because he's uh, uh, just had one game. Started, uh, um, what seemed to start, uh, you know, uh, right out of the gate in the season as 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 kind of a, a, a solid pairing. After Nathan Beaulieu was moved down to the third pair uh, with Greg Pattern. they they. They had chemistry um they were doing their job they were they were spelling uh, minutes for the uh the top guys um and then once joel hanley was called up that the wheels seemed to fall off uh confidence um uh, dropped greg pattern spoke this week about how hard it is to 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 play uh when you're on a very short leech uh like he obviously is he talked about you know trying not to make mistakes and and that's hampered his game and and uh um you know with with Nathan Beaulieu it's it, it's it's not been um you know there were some very high expectations for him when the season started and and those haven't panned out um Joel Hanley you know he was brought into uh brought into the lineup because uh, Terry likes the way he moves the puck and and, uh, you know, plays a, 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 a smart cerebral game, or, or according to Terrian anyway, but he has not looked good either. Um, we were talking about the goals against per 60 uh, stat a little bit earlier. Um, Shea Weber at .064, uh, whereas uh, Greg Pattern is is 320, 3.21. Uh, Hanley's 330. Uh, three goals, um, over three goals uh, per 60 minutes is just not getting it done. Um, I think that it's going to, it's going to help um, that uh, Zach Redmond, now Zach Redmond is recovering from his injury. He's been out all season. He's uh, doing a two-game conditioning stint uh, in St. John's. Played last night against the Providence Bruins. He'll play against the Bruins again uh, tonight. And uh, he'll certainly get a try on that third pairing uh, to try and uh, solidify that. Uh, maybe we'll see Barbario and, and uh, Zach Redmond before too long. Um, but it's, it's, it's just been, um, I, I, you know, for the most part, a lack of confidence, but, but also a lack of execution. They aren't making very smart decisions out there.
1: And um, and well, I guess for one thing I'm going to agree with you when it comes to uh to correct patterns that it's, it's a lot to do with, with confidence, and well what I'm going to agree with you is that for this, I think we need to blame Michel Terrier for it uh, the what? fact that yeah, exactly. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check my temperature
2: <laughs> really? Uh,
1: yeah, the fact that you know pattern when, when Serge, they wanted to see Sergechev, it was pattern that was out. Then they, they called up Joe Hanley. You know, Craig Pattern was out. So I totally understand why Pattern said what he said and that he felt the way he does. It's, as soon as you do one mistake, you know, you're gone. You're, you're on the bubble. And now Zach Redman is in the AHL. He's not joining the team in California. So we already know from now what's going to happen to Craig Pattern. He's not going to play in California. Redmond isn't going to get his opportunity as soon as he's done with his uh, AHL uh, conditioning. Uh, if I move on now to uh, to my loser of the week, and well, my loser of the week is, I don't know what they say, the puck luck. It was a bad week for the Canadians when it came to the puck luck and what the, those famous pucks caused to the Montreal Canadiens. It started off on Tuesday night in the game against the Ottawa Senators where Nathan Boyer received a slap shot in his throat area and he, he was taken to the hospital for preventive uh, measures. He was released from uh, from hospital. And he did not travel with the team uh, to Detroit and don't expect him to be back uh, during this five-game road trip. And Mark Barberi was called up. We're going to talk about him later on uh, today's uh, episode. Then on the Friday, during optional practice, it seems like Charudon as well received a puck in uh, in the pro area. They have announced the injury as a as a cracked sternum, so he is out indefinitely, and he did not travel with the team as well. And then, I guess another puck luck, a bad puck luck is. Uh, in a game against the Carolina Hurricanes, a player like Max Pacioretty, who has gotten much, much criticism, I'm going to talk about that in in a couple of minutes, he had a goal post. He could have gotten his second goal of the game, and that maybe would have at least reduced all the drama that surrounded him uh, this week. But it didn't go in, so we're going to talk about uh, all the drama surrounding Max Pacioretty in a couple of moments. So Puckluck is uh, my loser of the week. We're going to take our first break Turn the Habs 360 podcast on the other side. Like I said, we're going to talk about Max Pacioretty, and we're going to look ahead at the Canadiens' five-game road trip on the West Coast against the Western Conference teams. Don't forget to answer our poll question on the Twitter. How many points do you expect the Canadiens to get during this five-game road trip? And as well, go look at the uh, TSN projected expansion protection list for the Montreal Canadiens and let us know if, you, if you'd like to make any changes if you agree with that list. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured
0: In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com.
4: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on lawhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes, and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
0: Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. AllHabs.net If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net,
3: Um, it's always nice to, to get a stand off with the wind, but um, I think so all of the guys are excited to uh, to get on the road and uh, spend some time together and um, we'll see some sunshine for a little while. All
1: right, so welcome back to episode 187 of the Habs 360 podcast for this uh, Saturday, November 26, 2016. My name is Chris G at Chris 1980 along with Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs on the Twitter. So we just heard Carey Price, the team is heading west. They're going to get some sun. Well, maybe not tonight. It all starts off the Canadians heading to uh, Detroit, and then the Canadians heading three games in California against the Ducks, the Sharks, the Los Angeles Kings, and then they're heading back to face the St. Louis Blues before coming back on a a four-game home trip. Another news and notes, we were talking about injuries prior to the break. Uh, it was also announced that tonight, Arturi Lekonen will make it back to the lineup. So he is back, and he, he is scheduled to. It looks like he's going to be in a line with David Desharnais and uh, Andrew Shaw. So going back to this Western road trip, five-game road trip for the Montreal Canadiens, and every every time anything goes on this Western coast, uh, West Coast road trip, it's never easy. The Ducks. The Sharks, the Kings, even the Blues—they're they're all good teams. So it could easily go either way for the Montreal Canadiens. And well, first, before we expand on that, let's hear Max Pacioretty on what he had to say following the game against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes.
4: No, we don't look too much into that. We look at one day at a time, and and uh, that's why you know there was no sense of panic in this room, despite what uh, people on the outside might have thought. We we liked our game. Um, there was a couple games where, you know, we didn't pick up points, but we liked the way we played. So you worry about the process, and uh, sometimes you'll get the bounces, sometimes you won't. But you know that in the long run that uh, you'll get more points than us. So um, there's no panic in here, and we knew that, uh, you know, eventually um, we get some bounces and win.
1: So, Rick, uh, Max already saying that there's no panic in the dressing room. Uh, the Canadians right now they're in a sequence where they've lost four of their last uh, six games. So after this trip, if the Canadians struggle, if uh, if they don't do well in this trip, things could get uh, interesting when when they come back.
2: Yeah, it could. Um, as I as I said earlier, that uh, a bit of a luxury that they've been at the Bell Center um, for so many games, twice as many uh, home games as road games. Uh, they've um you know they've they they play really well on the uh at home and um they've they've padded their points uh could be you know a little bit different um uh, on after the road trip is over um, Michelle Terrien has been able to protect for the the most part um that that third pairing defense uh the the third line the 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 darnay line um not going to be able to do that uh to the same extent way on the road and as you as you mentioned they're they're going to be facing some good teams so um they're going to have to improve their level of play um max patch you know he seemed to to uh like the way they playing uh, they've been playing I'm, i'm not so sure uh you know he he talked about the process he talked about uh, being important to get two points uh and and that's all that matters um and it, it it he he also alluded to the fact that uh you know they haven't liked what's being said about them or maybe about him um in the media and they don't agree with it um Max in, in each one of his interviews uh, this week in particularly was rather short with the media um seemed to be uh, not happy with, with the kinds of questions that he was being asked. And even when he had a game against the uh, the Hurricanes, um, he didn't want to talk about himself at all. He was named third star. He didn't want to talk about that. Um, he, When asked about his goal, um, he talked about the team. He talked about getting two points. And at one point, one of the reporters asked him, uh, you're not going to you're not going to answer any questions about your goal uh that that you got tonight right and he said no just very short and um there's even you know mild controversy that he came out to the to the boards and waved uh, to the crowd uh for his uh, third star but he didn't step on the ice and, and some fans were upset about that so um this road trip it's going to be tough but i think um, you know the team is ready to get out on the road. They're ready. They've 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 uh, certainly benefited from being in Montreal, but also the hothouse environment that is the Montreal media has made it a little bit difficult for them. And, and they're anxious to to get out and and uh, just bond amongst themselves and maybe even have some practice time as the games are a bit spread out.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna get back to uh, expand the Max Pac trade in just a couple of moments. And, and like you mentioned, there's no excuses for the Montreal Canadiens for this road trip. They're playing Saturday, then they're playing, which is tonight, by the way. <laughs> then they're playing on Tuesday, then on Friday, and then on uh, Sunday. So we have plenty of time. There's no back-to-back games. So players like, uh, like Pacioretty, players like uh, Plakanets, who has also struck, struggled when it comes offensively, players like uh, Gallagher, who also are struggling offensively. Hopefully, you know, during this road trip where you know, there will be less media around them, more time spent within the team, hopefully that will help them contribute at least uh, offensively and uh, help them turn around their, uh, their season. If you look now in, in goal, Canadians playing five games, in, in a span of 12 days, so there's plenty of time in um, in between them. Rick, do you go with carry Price playing all of those five games, or do you slip in Montoya for a couple?
2: It, it's possible. Uh, it's possible to carry uh, each game, but, uh, you know, it'd be, as you said, because there, uh, there is recovery time, but you want to keep uh, Montoya sharp, although he hasn't been terribly sharp lately, but but you want to to keep him uh game you know game ready so I'd give him one of the games uh on the road um, and uh i I expect that's in the that's in the the, the plan um um Stephane wade and and michelle and sit down and and do a, the the goalie plans a month in advance uh, or or so he's said in the past and and I expect there's there's, we're going to see uh, Montoya for at least one game,
1: and I think it all depends on um, on how the trip starts. If the Canadians lose the first couple of games, then I expect the Canadians to keep putting uh, carry Price, you know, just to make sure that you know there's at least some positive coming out of this uh, West Coast trip. But let's say Carey Price plays the first, I don't know, let's say three games, and the Canadians win two out of three, or when all three of all three and three then I see Motor making an appearance. But if not, if they lose all first let's say three games, uh then I think they're gonna stick with uh with price and try to get some uh, momentum going. And one thing that we've seen since the beginning of the season when you when Carey Price is in goal and he looks uh normal. He doesn't look like uh, like Superman well, the Canadians lose. And I'm looking at uh, two specific games the game against the Florida Panthers, uh, which was about what ten days ago, Price looked normal. Canadians lost in overtime to score four to three, and then even earlier this week in the game against the Senators, you know Terry Price looked normal. When I think normal, he was good, but he wasn't um, superhuman. And again, the Montreal Canadiens lost the game, so definitely Terry Price is still the key factor in uh, the Montreal Canadiens game plan in for them to uh, to win. I'm trying to do a quick reminder about our poll. Question on the Habs360 Twitter account, how many points do you expect the Canadians to get in this uh, five-game uh, road trip? We'll be checking out the uh, results in our next segment. Here's Placanis with a shot that just goes wide. Pacioretty scores! And that was that famous goal that Max Patrick I didn't want to talk about. His fifth goal of the season. It wasn't a pretty goal, but it doesn't really matter. That's not uh, what decides who wins the games. It was a game-winning goal, his fifth goal of the season in the third period. It was just a ugly goal. Uh, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Uh, he hit the post like I met during the game as well. But there was a lot of drama surrounding the Canadiens captain this week. And it all started... Uh, before the game against the Ottawa Senators when the coach Michel Telio was asked about Max Pacioretty let's hear his answer in french and I'll we'll translate it after.
3: faut te... faut pas toujours to savoir la rondelle une fois faut la chercher. C'est un peu ça aussi dans pas être joueur. Donc quand une rondelle libre c'est toi qui t'es en position à la chercher, faut to la chercher. Euh, faut... C'est ça, je regarde sur le Golchanyak. Un... Quand Alex a besoin de chercher à Rondelle d'un coin qui soit premier, sa patine de sa rondelle. Il, il pas après Paul qui est à l'autre bout de la ligne rouge, puis va chercher. C'est une complicité d'un peu tout le monde qui fait en sorte qu'un trio aura du succès.
1: So just to recap it, uh, what uh, Michel Terry said, well if the puck's in the corner, sometimes you have to go get it. And you you can't wait uh, for the puck to come to you. And then he used as an example Galchenyuk. If if he could get the puck, he goes to get. He doesn't wait for Paul Byron to go get him the the, the, the puck. After that game, Max Pacioretty was asked about what he thought about what the coach said, and just like Rick mentioned, his tone was very negative. He, the only thing he said was, "Well, you know, the, he was mis, misinterpreted." Okay, so I just leave it like that. The reporter uh, was trying to get more information out of Max Pacioretty, but Max Bakshordi was, uh, was really cold, very short about, the, about it. And then just a couple of minutes later, Michel Tanier was asked again about, uh, about the comments he made the previous day.
3: I don't understand the reaction. I'm not express myself wrong yesterday. Surely, because it it's not been used in the wrong way. It's the same thing I want to is that When you're in the back, it's the same Everyone has a job to do.
1: So Michel Terry is saying that well he wasn't pointing fingers to anybody he thinks that uh, maybe he, mal, uh, he he didn't express himself properly those comments and he was just saying that everybody has to do their job it wasn't specific towards uh, Max uh, Pacioretty Rick, I think that uh, the way that Max Pacioretty has been playing that the coach is right in the sense that I'm pretty sure he was talking about specifically about Max Pacioretty, and if he was, I think he was right because Max Pacioretty, we've seen him. He doesn't go into the corners. Now, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Where everybody seems to be trying to find excuses uh, for Max Pacioretty, but if you put it into this context where we just heard those comments by Michel Terrier, we heard that story during the off season. About uh, what apparently Michel Terry said about Max Pacioretty being the captain, Max Pacioretty no longer being on the first line. Do you think there's any friction between uh, Pacioretty and the coach?
2: It's it's an open question, and and it's thing that that's going to be debated, particularly the way. The coach is responding, responding, and the way that, that Max Pacioretty is responding to, to media questions. But make no mistake, Ma- Max Pacioretty was a target, um, a, a target of the media uh, going into this season. Um, and and I, I don't think that that Max has been very happy with the kinds of questions he had to answer. And 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 I have some some sympathy for him. Um, you know, there was right. Right in the offseason, there was that question, uh, was he going to give up his captaincy uh, to Shea Weber? That, w- that, that was an unreasonable question. It was over the line. Um, it was disrespectful. Um, and, and I think that contentious relationship has only uh, continued as the season's gone on. And, and uh, you know, uh, Max hasn't silenced uh, his critics either. Uh, with his play so some of that Is is definitely on him um, Putting him on the Third line that's not, not helpful For your captain and your your Potential goal scorer um, uh, Anchoring Him to David DeHarnay that's not Helpful um, uh, And You know taking shots uh, You know however veiled They were at him in the media that's not Helpful uh, it, Max Pacioretty responded with with praise for Kirk Muller, and that you know that was that everybody took that and ran with it as well, saying that uh, you know the gulf was widening between uh, he uh, he and and Whatever whatever part of that is true, um, let's hope that that it's worked out on the ice. Uh, Max Pacioretty has been looking better. Uh, with Placanitz, with Gallagher, that line is is uh, comfortable for them. Um, Max Pacioretty scored, as you said, uh, a, an ugly goal, a dirty goal. Um, but the, he's he's got to score a few of those. He's got to drive to the net. And more important, I think, or is equally important in that game against Carolina was, and you, you mentioned it a, a bit earlier when you were talking about Pucklock, was that he rang one off, uh, off the iron uh, that means he's shooting more. He's, he's got to score off the rush. He's got a, a a lethal wrist shot. Um, and he's got to use it more. He's got to shoot more. And I think that, that was a a really positive sign. It was, it was a a good game for Max in a whole number of ways. Um, just not when, when he got in the dressing room and had to speak with reporters, he was, uh, as you said, it was, he was pretty grumpy. Uh, maybe he has good reason to be, but, uh, but a captain has uh, has got to absorb that and uh, and uh, present himself well.
1: Yeah, and then there was that whole drama you mentioned about the third star where apparently there was confusion, whether his name was announced or not, and then he didn't want to talk to the media about his goal, et cetera. So I think at least this week his whole – well, I would say since the beginning of the season, especially uh, this week, his body, his body language, his attitude. So, honestly, it sucks. Like, I haven't been impressed. And, you know, the only way when it comes to getting rid of, of, um, of the critiques of the media or the fans as well, you know, start scoring goals. that your play on the ice. And then all of this is, uh, is going to go away. All right, we're going to take our final break. Still to come on the Half 360 podcast, we're going to look at the, the TSN's projection of uh, the protection list for the expansion draft. Our poll question, how many points do you think the Canadians will get on this five-game road trip? I will also talk to Rick about what he saw when he's been following the uh, St. John Ace caps over the last couple of weeks. You can give us a call, one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. and we can talk anything related to the Montreal Canadiens. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring net.
0: For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
4: Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from art 2 canvascom are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every HAPS home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of art2canvas.com. Listen to the habs 360 podcast and follow habs 360 and HAPS Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Good luck.
0: habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Hams 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net... This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
4: Yeah, I would say I was uh, a little little nervous at the start. Um, You know, even if I've played some games in the league,
0: uh, you get the call up, there's always a a few nerves that that set in, but... felt as the game went on, I just, you know, settled into my game, just played my game, played hockey, and uh, you kind of the butterflies just
1: uh, float away. Welcome back. Episode 187 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 26, 2016. My name is Chris G at Christie 1980 and with me is Rick Stevens at the All Habs on Twitter. And, while Rick, he was on the road for the last two, weeks, last two weekends following the, uh, the St. John Ice Caps as they were – on a road trip across uh, the U S and Canada. And well, Rick, we just heard from Mark Barberio. That was following the game against the Carolina hurricanes after one game in Montreal. He looked, uh, you know, he looked all right. Nothing bad to say about him, but how has he looked since the beginning of the season with the ice caps?
2: Um, Mark Barberio, uh, probably had a, uh, a rather slow start. Um, I think after the first uh, road trip, he was uh, minus eight thereabouts. Uh, he didn't look himself. Um, he was, uh, you know, he, he looked a bit lost in his own end, and and he's he's had some difficulties uh, with that, with decision making. Where his strength is is uh, on the offensive side, puck moving, uh, good power play quarterback. Uh, but he's turned that around uh, since that that uh, tough start. Um, he's he's a first pairing uh, defenseman. Gets lots of minutes uh, in Saint John's. Um, he's he leads the the defense um, in in terms of points with fourteen, which is uh, just one back of of Nikita Sherbak, who's the uh, the team leader in terms of points. Um, and when we spoke to him, um, uh, he was it was just before his call up, the game before his call up. He talked about uh having a, a real focus this season on, on a complete game, on a on not just being a, uh, an offensive star, but, but really making a conscious effort to uh focus on his defense, his decision making, uh his his ability to be able to read the the the, the uh, uh forwards coming coming at him. Um, it's something that he's uh, committed himself to and he is certainly making progress in that regard um and and right after we spoke to him that's when he got his call up it's interesting that that uh, uh the the hl rep- uh, dot report is is uh has uh, a pretty good record. Uh, the the players that uh we've interviewed have uh shortly thereafter gotten call ups um to the uh, to the Canadians, so um, the the players should be lining up to uh, to be interviewed by us.
1: <laughs> and and you mentioned uh, Nikita Sherbach, he's a leading scorer of the team, 15 points in uh, 19 games. But how has he look? Like, do you expect him to be called up eventually from the Canadian this season?
2: Well, Sherbach had a, a bit of a rough season last year. Um, he had two significant injuries that caused him to miss a, a, a large portion. One was an ankle injury, and when he came back from that, he was a bit gun-shy. Uh, he was reluctant to, to go into the, the corners. Uh, he he sat back, uh, so much so that uh, Sylvain Lefebvre moved him to center to get him away from the boards to help bring back his confidence. And it took a while for that to happen. Um, This season, he's back on the wing. He's, um, he's, he's going into the corners. Um, In fact, to, to the extent that um, when we interviewed him, I asked him about, he seemed to be a bit of a target out there that uh, the opponents were, were definitely making a point to go after him. And he said, he's learned um, that in in the North American game you have to take a hit to make a play and um he credits um, sp- spending the summer in uh in Montreal and working out with uh at Brassard and with with the uh, the team officials but also a chance to spend time with uh Alex Galchenyuk and particularly Andre Markov who he said um when he was he was even afraid to talk to but that that uh, cuz it's Andre Markov, as he as he explained, um, but that Markov helped him um, a lot. And um, you know, when Canadian fans see him, um, he he's it takes a, a bit of getting used to to watch him play. He has a kind of a hunched over skating style, and he doesn't look like he's working. He's just kind of cruising around, and doesn't look like he's working terribly hard. But then he'll he has incredible acceleration, great hands, and is just able to wheel away. He's he's really good at carrying the puck in, um, and uh, I think uh, a full, uh, healthy season uh, down in St. John's is going to, and a productive season which he's having so far, is going to go a long way to uh, helping him once he does get all up.
1: And players that we've seen called up from the Canadians. Uh, so far this season, we've seen Terry, we've seen uh, Sven Andrigetto, and we've seen uh, Charles Le who were ca- called up from uh, the ice caps. And one name that hasn't been called up that's, you know, at least gotten my attention is uh, Michael McCarran. Uh, are you surprised that those other players got called up before him, or is there something in McCarran's play that maybe they, they don't like and they wanted to stay in the HL?
2: Mike McCarron uh got off to a bit of a slow start. I think that um he had such a good road camp, he had such a good training camp, uh, and was was probably the last cut or one of the last cuts. Uh I think he was really expecting to be up with the the, the club this season. And there, you know, if 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 you looked at it in a in a hockey uh, from a hockey decision making point uh he deserved to be there he earned uh the 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 ability to stay um in montreal but uh because he could be sent down with uh with no consequences um he was and i think it 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 hurt him uh as well he got into that unfortunate situation where um he was suspended uh for the headbutt um, and i think that that uh, affected him well Um, he's when he when he came back from that suspension he was doing the right things but he just wasn't getting success and uh, and and I think that played a bit um, on on his psyche Uh, he's he's improved that somewhat um, and he uh, I you know I I don't think it's a surprise that uh, he was passed over in the call-ups I would hope that once that it would be uh, not a not a revolving door, but that he'd be up to stay for a little while.
0: This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
1: All right, earlier this week, uh, TSN, uh, they... On their their network, they announced what their projected expansion plan is for the Montreal Canadiens. So here are the players that they project the Canadiens to protect. Goaltender, Carey Price, not a surprise. On defense, it's Nathan Bollier, Jeff Petrie, and Shea Weber. And just to note, Jeff Petrie must be protected by the Montreal Canadiens because he has no movement cost, so there's... uh, uh, there's no possibility unless Jeff Petrie uh, d- decides to waive his no-movement clause. And then up front, Paul Byron, Phil Dano, Alex Galchenyuk, Brendan Gallagher, Max Pacioretty, Alex Radulov, and uh, Andrew Shaw are the players that uh, would be protected from the Montreal Canadiens. So we ask you on our on Habs360 Twitter and on your Habs Facebook page, would you make any changes to this list that uh, the TSN made? And before me and Rick, give our opinion. We're gonna go see what uh, the Twitterverse has to say first. Uh, comment comes from Stacy, Stacy, who writes from Kingston, Ontario. For her, it seems about right, so no changes for uh, Stacy. Then we have a uh, a question. It came from one of our followers. Well, I guess it's gone. The tweet was deleted, but the question was around the of whether or not Canadians had to protect him. And the answer is Canadians would need to protect him only if they resign him. Uh, sorry, if he's if he's resigned prior to the expansion draft. If they wait until July 1st, then uh, they don't need to protect him, but then he's free as... Uh, free to go to any
2: team that he that he'd like
1: rick uh how what does it look like on fun you all have facebook page
2: on the facebook page let me just um take a look here slow coming up well i get to that maybe you can just mention your um what you think of the list
1: yeah, sure. Like I looked at the list, and when it was names like uh, Dano on it or Paul Byron, at least that took, that got my attention uh, right away. Like we're actually protecting Byron, uh, Paul Byron, and Phil Dano. But then I went to the exercise to see who else could the Canadians keep. And well, let me tell you, the, the seven names that I came up, up for, on uh, in forwards: Geltchynak, Radulov, Pacharetti, Byron, Gallagher. Dano and Shaw, so I came up with the exact with the exact same list, and then I was like, oh, like I I'm, I wasn't impressed. Like uh, Michelle uh, Terry has said in the past that we have to keep the players. Like I know he's young, he's good, but Paul Byron, I would have expected names to um, to protect the uh, high quality players. But to be fair, I didn't go see how the other. The, the protection list for other teams will look like to compare them in terms of uh, quality. Now, when it comes to defensemen, the three that I kept are Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, and then, well, I put Nathan Bollier as as well. So I pretty much agree with the TSM list. There's also a possibility, teams also have the possibility of protecting eight skaters and one goalie. So that's, one player, sorry, that's two players less than the first option. And what that would make as a change in my list is that uh, Byron and uh, Dano would, uh, would no, and the Shah wouldn't be protected. And then I protected Alex Hamlin, And it's kind of weird considering I've been spending the past two years bashing him. So overall, I agree with TSN's list. Rick, uh, how's the Facebook looking right now?
2: well it's um it seems uh that the there's a real split in the the fan base uh, on um on a couple of different players uh amelin um and and Deneau. um there are um, okay uh, from joseph uh, koster he says okay awesome let's expose Emelin our best enforcer this season um why so we'll get pushed around more. Um, uh, then uh, Jason Frard says, uh, first I would trade Placanits and MLN before um, expansion. Um, then there's you must keep, keep Placanits. So um, it, it seems that those are the players that uh, that uh, protect Placanits. We need him from Uriel Dumoulin. Uh, keep M- Mitchell and Plecki from Rayam. Um, Mitchell and Amelin should be protected from Frankie Caron. Um, Beaulieu has got to go from Eddie Duggan. Um, save De La Rose, save Placanitz from Declan Lefebvre. Um Placanitz going, I'm not okay with that, from Zach George. Uh, so there seems to to be, um, you know, th- those are the players where it seems there's, there's the most disagreement um about the TSN uh, list um for me I, I i understand why where TSN's coming from um i think that uh Bolu Petri Weber i you know that's if Beaulieu isn't traded sometime and i think there's a a pretty good chance of that um he hasn't he hasn't shown what you know the promise that that was expected uh so could you keep emelin uh instead of boyu and then bring in sergachev next next season and and how that would all and maybe even sign Markov for another year that would that would be interesting the way that would play out um i understand uh exposing placanets that's not that's not saying we want to get rid of placanets that's saying i don't think that i i think it's uh uh, a good chance that, that Vegas doesn't take Placanits because of his contract. Uh, the flip side of that is that they're going to need some of those contracts to meet the, uh, the cap floor. Um, so that's a bit of a risk uh, for me. I don't understand. Uh, Dano. I understand uh, a little bit because uh, Mark Bergevin loves the player. He showed some promise, promise, um, and maybe maybe even some offensive prowess uh from the the third or fourth line he's been terrible defensively he needs to work on on his defensive game um, but what I don't understand is is Paul byron and um I, you know it, is it possible that he's kept I guess so, but um Paul Byron is a fourth line player who has made the most of of his first line assignment his he, he his speed is incredible. He's been great on the, the penalty kill. But the last few games we've seen Paul Byron, you know, his, his lack of skill and talent um, has been apparent with Galchanik and, and Radulov. Um, and he isn't a long-term solution for the Canadians. So I, I, I can't see uh, using a val- valuable position in protecting him.
1: So Rip, like I had the same questioning when I came to paul byron uh, as well, but then like I'll ask the same question I was asking myself would it be uh Plakernitz? then instead of byron like who else who who would you get that spot to
2: well um i think I think Plakernitz still has has value and and he's been great defensively his his offenses has dried up. Could he be your uh, third-line center on, uh, you know, uh, a playoff team? Absolutely. Um, Or or could that, you know, do you want Tory Mitchell, who is also having a very good season? Mm -hmm. I could see a case being made for either one of those players over Paul Byron.
1: And and now there's uh, an assumption into the TSN list as well. They're assuming that Radulov has signed an extension. He's on the list, so that means uh, that's what they're assuming as well. So let's say Radulov hasn't signed an extension with the Canadians. Then there's another spot available, and then I ask myself the same question: Who do you give that spot to? And honestly, I was struggling to find another spot to find somebody else.
2: Yeah, I th- think that it's going to be Radulov, or um, or if there's, uh, you know, if Mark Bergevin looks to upgrade the team uh, come the trade deadline, there's going to be a spot needed for, for that player, whoever that is, okay. uh, whether it's a handler, you know, whoever it is, um, there's going to be a spot needed for them. Okay. The other thing that that we haven't talked about, and that is um, in goal, uh, the Canadians must expose a goaltender, and right now they don't have one to expose. Uh, they want to re-sign Montoya or they would have to, sign uh, Denis, And then there's the implications of that last year. Smaller problem, but, but they need to, to um, expose a goaltender, and right now um, they don't have one uh, with Carey Price. Not going to be exposed and having the movement pause as well.
1: And well, that would definitely make sense to why the Canadians would have signed Jan Denis is to make sure that he, he's the one that Canadians uh, do expose. Uh, there was a couple of more tweets that came into uh, this uh, topic. First one was from NSL uh, Dan Ankerf who is from uh, Newfoundland. He just writes, "Emlyn is playing great this year." So I'm assuming Dan, sorry Frank, wants uh, Emlyn to be protected. And the question I was talking about earlier about Radloff came from Sean Wilkin from uh, Shadowgate, Quebec. He writes, wouldn't they need to protect Radulov if he signed an extension? The team can talk to UFAs, but Radulov loves Montreal. So you're correct, Sean. Uh, TSN seems to be assuming that Radulov will be signing a, a contract extension with the Canadiens. On Twitter, we got a, a tweet from Blaine, contributor at allabs.net. He writes, Patry gets scolded for not scoring, then for not waiving, then for what? Habs fans and certain media need a scapegoat, he's it. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Blaine. It's the first time that I hear Max Pacioretty being used as a scapegoat because Rick I think the Canadian scapegoats to me are two people, Daven and Michel
2: Well, in certain respects, uh, but you could say the scapegoats this season have been Plakanitz and uh Pacioretty on on you know uh, in other segments. So I, I like that tweet from, from Blaine. I think he's right on
1: Yeah, for sure. That was uh, definitely a a good tweet that we received on Habs360.
2: Listen up. It's time for
0: some bad tweets on HAMS 360
1: But Rick, we also do see some bad tweets going around on Twitter.
2: (laughs) We do. Uh, And uh, this week, um, well, the conspiracy theorists theorists were out. And um, I'll read this one um, from Artie. It says... This Radulov flu is starting to sound a lot like a knee injury. Hashtag Habs. <laughs> Um So, and we know it was nothing more than the flu, uh, but but you know, um, start a conspiracy theory. Uh, the <laughs> other uh, uh, the other bad tweet is um, comes from CavsGo999 says uh, uh, Daniel Carr and Mike. Are great examples of half development. Not been drafted, brought them from nothing, and made them into NHL players. Hashtag haters gonna hate that. That's, I'm sorry. It's, that's just silly. That's just ridiculous. Um, the Daniel R and, and are uh, an example of some excellent, um, excellent scouting. Uh, by the Canadians, which they always have, but uh, each of them just played um, uh, a season in the AHL. I don't know. And, and, you know, both were uh, uh, productive uh, right off the bat. Carr was, was terrific. Um, His, his uh, one and a bit season that he played uh, in the AHL. Um, Not much development there. He was, uh, uh, he hasn't really changed his game and, and um, and uh, if you're looking at Brandon, um, he wasn't put on the role that he did last season and uh, uh, crashed and burned. So I think that was, uh, uh, that's another example of a bad tweet uh, for this week.
1: And well, that's a list that uh, nobody likes to, to appear on. So who knows? Hopefully next week uh, you won't be on her bad tweet list. We had a poll question on Half 360 Twitter account. Half starting a five-game road trip, how many points do you expect them to get during this trip? Uh, our options were zero to two, uh, three to five, six to eight, or nine or uh, nine or ten points. And while 62% of the respondents said six to eight points for the Canadians during the road trip, uh, then it was 23% for three to five points and uh, 11% for nine to ten points. So it seems that if six to eight points, that's a pretty positive, I think, road trip. It would be for the Montreal Canadiens. And Rick, if I had to do a prediction on how many points I see the Canadiens getting over the next uh, the five games, I'd be going with that six to eight point margin. And if I want to go straight, uh, more precise into a prediction, i would go to, I see Canadiens getting six points, a bit over the, uh, the midway point, a little bit over 500. How do you see, Rick, this uh, road trip, coming up for the Canadians.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's uh, right on. Um, the, the Canadians are going to go um, as far as Carey Price takes them. Has the case uh, for the most part this season, and it's particularly going to be the case uh, on the road.
1: All right, so I want to thank uh, everybody who sent in your your tweets or, and your comments as well on the uh, All Habs Facebook page coming up next week. Uh, the Canadians will be four games into this road trip, so we'll have a good idea on how that road trip went. Rick, thank you very much, and uh, great having you back in the studio.
2: Um, I'm thrilled to be back, and, and uh, lots of lots of games to watch this week, but also pay attention to reports, some great uh, hockey going on down there. Uh, we didn't get a chance to mention it earlier, but... Charlie Lindgren, goaltender Charlie Lindgren, is fun to watch. He's sensational and has been a player for the Ice Caps. So uh, keep an eye on AHL Report and on Twitter at the uh, AHL Report.
1: All right, my name is Chrissy at Chrissy1980 on Twitter. We're back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, in addition to the Habs 360 podcast.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at habs 360 and visit all